Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Creepypasta and Scary Stories from the Internet with Spooky Boo, the creator of Scary Storytime. Visit www.scarystorytime.com to listen to the stories that I have written for your nightmares. On the Creepypasta Scary Stories podcast, you will find stories written by others. Today, I have five terrifying true scary stories from the Let's Read subreddit for you to enjoy. If you do enjoy these stories, please check out his YouTube channel. His channel is listed in the description. But first, I want to tell you that every Saturday night my friends and I get together and watch creature features on YouTube. We chat together and have lots of fun while watching the old horror movies and the great guests who are interviewed by the horror host Vincent Van Dahl, along with his housemate Tangella and personal valet Livingston. It's lots of fun. Come watch with me at www.creaturefeatures.tv and click on the YouTube link. Be sure to subscribe. Now let's begin. Welcome to Spooky Boo's Scary Story Time. Tonight I'm going to tell you five scary ghost stories, true scary ghost stories, from the Reddit of Let's Read. If you're not familiar with this channel, you should go check it out on YouTube. The link will be down in the description. Now let's begin. My Brother's Ghost my oldest brother was a paranormal skeptic, although we are Christians and know the Bible speaks of these things. He enlisted in the military and was stationed in Guam for a month or so. It wasn't long after moving in with his new roommate that odd things started happening around the apartment. He kept misplacing items. He would feel a presence. The TV channels would change on their own. Pictures would sway on the wall. Once items even flew off the fridge and it frightened him enough to run out of the house. Of course, being in the military, he wasn't going to say anything to his roommate or friends about being weirded out by various occurrences. The more he noticed, the worse it got. He started to feel someone watching him sleep. He even woke in the night to someone grabbing his ankles and thinking it was a prank, sprang out of bed to find no one. Things like being pinned to the bed in the night continued. 
One evening, he looked down the hall to the front entrance and noticed his roommate just standing there, wearing a coat and a fedora. He hadn't seen his roommate wear this before, but didn't think much of it. He called out to him. No response. So he started approaching what he thought was his friend when he realized it had no feet and was more of a shadow figure. Once he realized what he was looking at, the shadow figure disappeared and my brother vacated the premises. This had gone too far, so he decided to tell his roommate. He told his roommate that night when his roommate returned from the base. He was expecting his friend to be freaked out, but got an apology instead. His buddy then proceeded to explain that when he was an infant, his Korean grandmother completed a ritual asking his deceased grandfather to watch over him. Ever since then, he had been followed by his grandfather's spirit, who made more mischief than good. He said it's best to ignore the spirit, or the contact will get worse. Now my brother is in search of his next paranormal contact. He wants further proof that spirits dwell with us. I don't know about you, but hearing this experience is the proof I need. Story number two, Phantom Footsteps. This event didn't happen to me, but rather my mother. Someone whose personality and demeanor deserve a mention for a better understanding as to who she is as an individual. She's always been a very religious woman, hailing from a small village in Italy where Catholicism was and still is a prominent staple in every aspect of her life. The idea of something being paranormal isn't something she takes lightly, and always believing that there's another plane of existence seldom seen by the naked eye. She's lived in the States for the majority of her life, keeping any and all religious beliefs mostly to herself, as she's now a mother of two, I being the oldest, who don't exactly share her philosophies on the existence of God. Luckily, she's never been one to push her agenda down anyone's throat, but that's a little beside the point. I'm getting ahead of myself. This event took place quite a few years ago, and when I say a few, I mean roughly twenty. Back when my brother and I were both in elementary school. I'm approaching thirty now, but I'll never forget the look of sheer terror and confusion on my mother's face when she desperately tried to make sense of an experience that she still can't, even to this day. For context, the school we attended was within walking distance from our house. We could practically see the schoolyard from our driveway, if you can believe it. Every day at exactly 2.10, the kids were released from class and gathered into lines, where a chaperone, usually one of the kids in the upper grades, would walk at the front to make sure everyone got home safely. At the time, my mother's work schedule ensured that she'd be home a few hours before we were. With two little kids and no one trustworthy to babysit us, her job was pretty understanding of the situation, 
making adjustments whenever necessary in case we had half a day or got dismissed early. This was especially important since our dad wasn't usually home until about five or six in the evening. From what my mother recalls, she was home alone one afternoon doing laundry down in the basement. It was roughly 1.45 when she heard the distinct sound of our front door swinging open. Now, just for the record, my mom is half-deaf, and has been her whole life. It's not too uncommon for her to beckon to us without hearing a response until she was within what she calls relative earshot. Naturally, when she heard the front door open from what she just assumed were her children coming home early, she called up from the basement to make sure everything was okay. She didn't get an answer. Moving closer toward the bottom of the stairs, she called our names a bit louder. Elizabeth? Derek? Still no answer. Thinking it might have been my father coming home to grab something he'd forgotten, she was about to call his name when the sound of two sets of heavy footsteps broke her attempt. Not only was it startling, but also a little out of the ordinary. My dad is a welder, which requires him to wear heavy work boots. Hearing him come home that early in the day was a little bit odd but nothing my mother couldn't chalk up to a slow day on the job. Unfortunately, that's when things started becoming more unsettling. Not only did she hear one set of boots, but two. And they were now running across the kitchen in a sprint. My mother kept shouting our names, raising her voice, until it was on the verge of rasping out. After a frustrated sigh and a moment to catch her breath, she suddenly realized that the footsteps had gotten quieter, silently faded off in the distance. She'd have prayed for a resolution, but it wasn't because they were leaving. It was because they were now ascending straight up the stairs to the second floor where all of our bedrooms were located. I'm sure an Italian curse of some kind must have slipped from her mouth at our lack of response not to mention being forced to drop everything she was doing from all of the ruckus. When she got to the top of the stairs, it took her a moment to notice that the door which had opened was not only latched shut, but still deadbolted as well. As kids, we were normally absent-minded about that sort of thing. It wasn't in our nature to come home and make sure everything was locked up once inside. We were more interested in finding our mom to see what she had made us for lunch. After she called out our names without any response, as now was the expectation, she called for my dad, hoping he was just somewhere out of earshot. She listened for a moment, only to be met with silence. Even the pummeling footsteps that had damn near shaken the floorboards had seemingly ceased to gall together. Not walking, not running, nothing. It was almost as if two little phantoms had barged through the house just to get a raise out of her. After a while, she figured it must have been her ears playing tricks. It wasn't exactly the best conclusion, given how deafening everything sounded. 
but she did occasionally hear things that weren't there. Nevertheless, it was almost time for my brother and I to come home, so with a little left to consider, she figured her imagination was simply stirring up the anticipation of our arrival. It was a mild inconvenience, but she decided to just go back and finish her laundry as quickly as possible. Minutes passed without any interruption. There was no activity going on upstairs, none that she could hear anyway, and the soft, immersive hum of the dryer was enough to maintain her focus for a while. But you know that old saying, all good things must come to an end. Everyone seems to forget it tends to happen without warning. As the dryer shut off, the same footsteps from earlier began barreling down from the second floor, and this time she knew it wasn't her ears playing tricks. Immediately shouting our names at the top of her lungs, she wasted no time running up to see why neither of us were answering. About halfway up, she heard the front door slam shut. The idea that it could have been the wind was quickly dismissed when she saw that the door was still deadbolted. Seeing it locked the first time was one thing, but to deadbolt a door from the outside was something else entirely. This was the moment she had thoroughly freaked herself out, questioning how many footsteps she actually heard. Were there more than two people in the house? Did one stay behind after they thought the coast was clear? Her mind was racing with possibilities, fearing that someone or something was still inside with her. Maybe she'd only managed to scare two of them off after they figured the house wasn't as vacant as they thought. The anticipation for us to come home was quickly turning into dread, unsure if there was an unknown intruder lurking about waiting for an opportunity to harm the family she so vehemently protected. She refused to put any of us at risk, even if it was just paranoia. My mother would have preferred to look certain and foolish than dead from optimism. In a panic, she grabbed the closest object within reach, a broom. Not much of a weapon, but time was of the essence as she began seeing lines of kids walking home from out the window. It'd only be a matter of minutes before we were haphazardly using our spare key to enter a home she no longer felt safe in. After checking every possible nook and cranny, every hallway, every crawl space, she found nothing to indicate that a person, let alone two or more, had been in the house at all. No dirty footprints from a hasty getaway, no items out of place. Everything was in order and exactly as she left it. It wasn't long before my brother and I emerged through the kitchen door, hearing our mother blaring our names in almost an accusatory tone. For whatever reason, we both assumed we were in trouble for something we'd forgotten to do. A messy room or unmade bed before leaving school that morning. But our tension quickly shifted when we found out that wasn't the case. She didn't look angry when she met us in the kitchen. Instead, she looked frazzled and confused, looking over each shoulder as if to catch a glimpse of whatever had put her in that state of mind. We barely managed to take off our backpacks when she frantically asked, Why didn't you guys answer me when I called you? 
We both looked at each other with about as much confusion as she had in her expression. We just got home a few seconds ago, I said, kicking my shoes off near the wall out of habit. I'm sure my mother would have loved to believe that the sound of my shoes hitting the floor was what she'd heard, but I wasn't wearing boots, and quite frankly the footsteps sounded much too heavy for a small child to have made them. You weren't just here a second ago, running up and down the stairs? Again, we both looked at each other, thinking our mother had finally lost it. My brother spoke next, amused and nearly laughing through his words at the thought of us running in and out of the house only to come back a few minutes later. To him it seemed like a waste of time and too much effort just to give our mother a quick scare. Mom, we've been waiting in line for the last, like, ten minutes. We just opened the door a few seconds ago. Besides, why would we be running up and down the stairs anyway? I can only imagine what my mom must have been thinking after hearing that. Every bit of color seemed to drain from her face as she tried to wrap her head around what on earth could have been making those noises. The tone in her voice didn't waver for a second, still trying to convince herself that it must have been us trying to pull an elaborate prank. We insisted we weren't, and deep down I think she knew that. We were kids for God's sakes. If we were lying, one of us would have eventually given it away by smirking or giggling. In truth, we were starting to become just as nervous as she was. We were young, but still heard our fair share of ghost stories growing up, even having experienced the occasional paranormal incident here and there, albeit harmless and never enough to suggest we were in any danger. Of course, it didn't help that our house wasn't new by any stretch of the imagination. Built in the early 40s, there was a pretty good chance innumerable accounts of eerie history saturated its walls. Thoroughly bewildered, my mom even went so far as to call our dad, who was still at work at the time. We could hear her over the phone as we settled down in the living room. The same questions she asked us earlier were being repeated like a broken record. The same phrases laced in fear over and over again. He didn't come home just now, not even to pick something up. No, I'm asking because I distinctly heard two people come into the house and... Yes, just a few minutes ago. There were two, maybe three sets of feet in, in boots or something, running up to the second floor. Listening to the reception from his end of the call wasn't the best especially back when flip phones were all the rage. Still, we managed to catch a few words here and there, none of which sounded like they were helping our case. Dad was insisting it was probably just the kids and to relax until he got home. But she wasn't buying any of it. My mother, above all people, would have known if her kids had been lying. Eventually, the thought of an intruder left her mind only to be replaced by the possibility of a spirit or multiple being the cause of such a bizarre event, something she swears up and down to be the only acceptable explanation. We never did confirm who or what was running through our house, how the door had swung open only to lock itself twice, how she felt the house tremble with every footstep above her. It took a few weeks, but my mom eventually began to accept that whatever happened, happened plain and simple. 
Even the complete lack of closure wasn't enough to stop her from making the occasional joke or two, telling only her closest friends at first. The ones she knew would get a kick out of it as opposed to presuming she was totally out of her mind. Whatever it was, it hasn't happened since. Even now, twenty years later, she could still recall every detail of that day as if it were still happening. The day she simultaneously mistook loud, hasty footsteps bellowing throughout the house as her mischievous children, her husband coming home early, intruders with ill intent, and a phantom in a hurry. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Story number three. True Alaskan ghost story. This happened years ago. I was eight or nine at the time. I lived with my grandparents on a small island off the coast of Alaska, while my mother was in another state completing nursing school to give us a better life. Because summer nights were longer the farther you went up north, the sun didn't set until close to ten or eleven where I was. I remember my grandma looking outside and commenting how she'd like to go for a quick walk on the bike path before the sun set and it got too dark. Now you need to know the layout of the property in order to understand what happened. My grandparents' house was situated in front of a boat channel that led out to sea or into port. There was a long line of houses that stretched along the channel and in front of the houses was a large piece of land that looked more like a park. This was divided evenly in sections so each homeowner had their own front yard so to speak. Now every kid was warned to stay away from the edge of the park that met the channel because there was a sheer drop-off with nothing but large boulders and deep seawater below. And the damn bike path was where you might ask, right on the edge of the drop-off. <laughs> yeah, great place to put it. So I put my dog, a German short-haired pointer named Lucy, on a leash and we all went outside. We walked along the bike trail until I noticed my grandma who preferred a brisk walking pace, had gotten much farther ahead of my dog and I. Lucy tugged on the leash to keep up, but we both knew it was of new use. Then suddenly a heavy fog began to drift in from the channel, and at first I paid no attention to it. After all, this island was famous for all the rain it accumulated each year, but it quickly surrounded us, blocking out the sun and plunging myself and Lucy into darker surroundings where I could no longer see anything but her standing next to me in a wall of fog. I was panicking a little and nervously yelled out for my grandma in vain, but she didn't answer. I stood rooted to the spot I was in, remembering how easy it would be to step off the ledge of the park, and also because I noticed we had wandered off the bike path in search of my grandma. Lucy, who had been whining, suddenly looked off in a different direction and stared at something, her hackles raised defensively. My heart dropped to my stomach as my first thought was bear, 
Grizzlies wandered into this town for trash constantly, and we'd be screwed if one found us now. Then Lucy growled, a low, menacing growl. My dog was a sweetheart, but she only did this when she believed her family was in danger, like if a bear had wandered onto our property. I slowly brought my eyes to where she was looking and froze. A few yards away from us stood a wolf. But something was wrong about it. I couldn't see its legs, only a torso and head. It had jet black fur and red eyes. The most bone-chilling part was that it was see-through, like it wasn't entirely solid. It pinned its ears back and snarled at my dog and I, seemingly taking a step forward. And then, as suddenly as it was there, it receded back into the fog, although I could still hear its unearthly growls. The fog dissipated along with it, and the sun returned, now close to setting. My grandma ran over to us, hugging me and asking frantically where I had been. I told her about the fog and the ghostly wolf, but she didn't know what I was talking about and claimed to not have seen a thing, but rather I just disappeared. Years later I had done some research and it turns out the gray wolf had been hunted to extinction on that island 200 years ago. I tried debunking what I saw, thinking it must have been a trick of the light or a reflection of the fog. Maybe I had just imagined it. I was young. But that didn't explain how Lucy saw the wolf too, and her defensive behavior. My only guess is that it was the spirit of a wolf from long ago, still angry at the poachers who had killed it for its fur. And now it was doomed to wander the island in death. Story number four, Ghost Girl in My Mum's House. So to start this off, I would like to say that this story is true, and I will try to find some evidence and add it to my story. I would also like to add that my parents are not together. I live with my dad and I am 17. Forty to fifty years ago, a little girl died in my mum's house. Somehow she got stuck in the fireplace on the ground level of the house and burned to death. I did research this, but nothing came about because my town is so small and nothing here ever gets on the news and whatnot. My info about this tragic accident has come from the little girl's older brother, about 60 years old now, who is friends with my mum. My mum's house is set out in an odd way, so bear with me whilst I describe the layout as best as I can. The house is three floors. The first floor only has one room and a stairway leading up to the sitting room and kitchen on the second floor. The third floor is two bedrooms and a bathroom. This is the creepy thing about the house. On the door going into the room where the little girl died, the first floor room, my mom discovered something written on the inside of the door in blue crayon. It was the name of the little girl, Lily or something like that. I haven't been there for a while, so I can't really remember. Unfortunately, this is the least creepy thing happening in that house. I have had a personal encounter from what I believe is a little girl. I was watching TV late at night on the second floor around 2 a.m., and I was smoking. I remember putting my blue lighter on the table in front of me, so I could find it and use it with no problem. However, when I went in to use it, it wasn't there. 
just as fast as I realized it was gone. It dropped from directly above me and made me jump out of my skin. I know it's not much, but that was my encounter. Recently, my baby brother, Axel, five years old, has been refusing to sleep and claiming he is too scared to be in his room when it's dark. This is common enough for young children, so me and my mom didn't think much of it. We just put a nightlight in his room to make him feel better. For a while, Axel was fine and went to bed, but this was short-lived. One night, my brother, Milo, 14 years old, went to mom's and had to deal with Axel whilst mom was at the store. This is happening like at 9 p.m. Milo is watching TV on the second floor at this point and hears Axel crying and screaming. Milo goes upstairs assuming that Axel has had a nightmare or something. When he gets to Axel, he asks him what is wrong and gives him hugs. But what Axel said in response was chilling and creepy. He said, there is a girl and she is scary. Axel is pointing to the corner of the room where the nightlight can't reach. Mila quickly looks, obviously freaked out, and sees nothing. At this point, Axel is still scared and is claiming she is there. Milo manages to calm him down and get him to sleep eventually and goes back to watching TV downstairs. Whenever any of us stay at my mom's, we all feel like something is there and watching. I will try to find out more about the accident, and if anything else creepy happens there, I will add it. Also, maybe some advice to help Axel feel better or anything would be really helpful. A couple of days after writing this story, I decided to go to my mom's house and ask some more questions. I asked my mom if the ghost brother would like to come over, but she said he doesn't want to because he's only got bad memories. I found out that he actually had two other brothers die in that house, as well as the little girl. One of his brothers died from drowning on the ground floor due to flooding and the other died from an illness related to the poor damp conditions of the house. I also have to correct myself. The little girl was not called Lily. She was called Izzy. Whilst I was taking this picture, something odd happened. Me and my mom were downstairs looking at the door. She was talking to me about where the fireplace was that Lizzie had died in. After I took the picture of the door... We went into the ground room to look at the old fireplace. It was patched up by some thin wood that had been painted over to match the wall. It's weird because there is actually another fireplace in that room, a newer one, to replace the other, even though it could have been used. So about two minutes after walking into the room, me and my mom heard something. It was loud and made us both jump. I look out of the room and saw the disjoined door with Izzy's name on it, violently shaking as if someone were behind it, shaking it with their arms. No one else was in the house except for me and my mom and baby brother Axel, who was fast asleep in his room on the second floor. I jumped straight into my mom's arms and we both screamed. The shaking wasn't stopping though, so we mustered up the courage and ran past it up the stairs. For the rest of the night, me and my mom kept seeing the black shape of a small person, I assume a child, peeking out from the corners of the sitting room on the first floor. I am ashamed to admit it. I, a 17-year-old, had to sleep in his mom's bed that night. I will keep updating if anything else happens. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Story number five. Ghost in my dorm. This is a pretty long story as it contains multiple occurrences, but the conclusion is I think there's a ghost in my dorm apartment. It's summer now, so I've been moved out for a while, but over the past two semesters multiple things have happened that make me think my dorm is haunted. For a background, I lived in the apartment-style dorm, so it had three bedrooms, two bathrooms, a living room, kitchen, etc. Each bedroom had two people, so I had five other roommates. Just a little bit about the layout of the apartment to give you a better understanding. It's broken down into two sides, which is separated by a doorway. The first side has the kitchen, living room, one of the bedrooms, and a bathroom. The other side, which I lived on, had a pointless large empty room and a small nook with two other bedrooms and the second bathroom. I've written about the first incident before, but since the other things have happened, so I will just lay them all out here. The first main thing that happened in the apartment was right before winter break. I'd never had any experiences before then and none of us ever felt the apartment may be haunted. It was probably around 3 a.m. and everyone, including my roommate, was asleep except for me, the night owl. I was in bed with the lights off watching Netflix on my phone with the sound off when I heard the sound of something moving. At first, I thought maybe it was a mouse or my roommate moving in her sleep, but she was still and a mouse wouldn't be able to make such a loud sound. The sound would pause and then start up again, so I actually started paying attention to it. After listening for a few seconds, I realized what the sound was. It was the sound of footsteps, and it wasn't constant and even either. It was exactly how a person walks, walking a few steps, stopping, shuffling around, and then turning around and walking back. It was going up and down the space between mine and my roommate's beds. I was trying to convince myself that it was the sound of someone walking upstairs or below me. But I'd heard that before and it sounded nothing like that. It was right next to me. I was losing my mind at this point, wanting to wake up my roommate, but also too scared to breathe, let alone talk. Then I heard the sound of something under my bed fall off my dresser onto the floor, making a loud noise that made me say, Fuck it! I started whisper-screaming my roommate's name. As soon as I started talking, the footsteps stopped. She woke up and I tried to explain the situation without sounding like a crazy person, and she was basically too tired to care. We turned on our phone flashlights and pointed and met the ground and saw my water bottle laying between our beds. That was what got knocked over. Hearing nothing, she rolled over and went back to sleep. Maybe a minute later, the sound started up again. I was so scared, I jumped out of bed and grabbed my headphones, 
plugging them in so I wouldn't be able to hear anything and huddled against the wall, blasting a TV show on Netflix until the sun rose. In the morning, I told all of my roommates, and no one believed me or just joked around about it. Nothing happened for a couple of months, but towards the end of the spring semester, small things started happening again. The first thing was that I was sitting at the kitchen counter, and one of my roommates was standing facing me. From her viewpoint, she could see past me to the large, dark, empty room, and the entrance to our little nook that was lit with a light. We were the only ones home, just eating dinner at the counter. In the middle of talking, she stopped and did a little nervous laugh. I asked what was wrong, and she said, I think I just saw something move. I immediately turned around and didn't see anything. I asked her to explain, and she said the light coming from our mini hallway, light that spilled onto the dark room, was blocked by something for a second, like a shadow or something walking. We confirmed that we were the only ones home, and I proceeded to freak out, but she just dropped it. The next incident is one of the biggest ones to me, because it was experienced by someone else as well. Two of my roommates and another friend of mine were all in the living room getting ready to go out to an event. My friend and I were in the living room. It was daylight, so I was even more surprised that something was happening. My friend was standing about a foot away from me, checking her appearance in the mirror, and I was bending down to buckle my heels when I heard a female voice hum three notes. But it didn't register that I heard the sound for a few seconds because I thought, oh, it was just my friend. But it sounded odd to me, so I looked up and asked her, did you just hum? And she looked at me and said, no, you did. We went back and forth for a little bit, just like, no, you're messing with me. It was you. And no, I swear it wasn't me. She and I were really freaked out because we both agreed that the noise was right next to us and it didn't sound like any of the other girls who were nearby. We still talk about this all the time and my friend gets the chills and changes the topic. The last main thing was that same day. After all of us left for our event, one of my roommates had a friend over to go out to the bars later in the night. My roommate said that she was in her bedroom and her friend was taking a nap on the living room couch. After a little bit, she came by to my roommate's room, freaked out and practically begging her to come out with her. When my roommate asked her what was wrong, she said that she felt creeped out because when she was sleeping, she heard all different noises around her, like knocking and tapping on the walls and moving. But when she opened her eyes, no one was there. That's basically everything that happened, and even though it creeped me out, I still miss that apartment and living with those girls who became some of my best friends. Despite all of this, most of my roommates don't believe the apartment was haunted, or just don't seem to care. I don't really know what to believe, because it all just seems so pretty unreal to me. If there's another explanation, I'd love to hear it. I don't really understand why a ghost would be in a relatively new college dorm where no one has died, as far as I know. I'm just glad that other people experience these incidents as well, so I know it's not just me going crazy. Overall, a pretty spooky way to spend my junior year. This is Spooky Boo. Thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your friends and make a review on Apple Podcasts or ScaryStoryTime.com. Be sure to visit my website at www.scarystorytime.com for more horror stories in the world of Sandcastle. For a commercial-free version, subscribe to my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash bookyboo-scary-story-time, where you will find all of my stories, creepypasta stories, and true scary stories from Midnight Monsters for just a dollar per month. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Spooky Boo Scary Story Time or on Twitter at Spooky Boo Roads. That's all for tonight. I'll see you in your nightmares.